Hello, and welcome back to Brony Music History. It's the podcast where we talk about the history of Brony Music. Today, uh, our guest is another fellow Australian who's been cooking up delicious tracks for the fandom since January of 2013. His music spans the whole spectrum of emotions from comedy and fun and bouncy vibes to some of the most heartfelt and gut-wrenching lyricism and tone you'll hear around. All while giving a new spin on the canon of the show and its community. He's performed solo, been part of live bands, and done live PA sets at conventions over the years, and released many tracks on Ponies at Dawn with both Australian and international collaborators. He's a gun on the guitar, he's made me ball my eyes out at every convention I've seen him perform at, and he has the spiffiest beard in the business, and his name is Francis Vase. Welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. No worries. Um, yeah, welcome to the show, another fellow Australian, uh, meeting in this almost the same time zone. Yeah, pretty close to. Are you guys on Daylight Savings where you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're an hour ahead, so. Oh, uh, you see, we're on real time. We're on actual time Ooh, up here in on real t- Oh, the real time. Oh, <laughs> watch, watch this. For, forget Brony Music History. We're having a Daylight Savings argument. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get to the hard-hitting topics immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and, and boy, do we have some hard-hitting and very serious questions to get through today. But I want to go back to a question that um, sort of starts it all. So you were a musician long before you were um, ma- making a name for yourself in the Pony fandom. Where did it all start for you? Um, yeah, so I started playing in uh, a band in high school, and that would have been, I want to say, either 2004 or 2005, um, like mid-high school. Um, and we did that for a few years and we were kind of like on a hiatus from that when ponies started and i initially didn't even consider to put the two together um but you know as um i mean you would know it's hard to be part of the fandom and not like know how much music is going on and and so i kind of saw all that and i was like okay well i like ponies i know music and then what i decided to do (laughs) was uh, at, at the time, I feel like most of what you saw promoted, most of what was getting big was like the electronic music. And so I kind of thought, oh, well, this is what pony music sounds like. So that's what I should make if I'm going to be making pony music. And so I spent like at least a year trying to do that and just not not doing it well um, until finally at one point I was like, okay, well, maybe if I'm going to do this, I should just do what I'm actually familiar with. Um, and that's when I started to make stuff more like what I'm doing now. And, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of, uh, yeah. the way it's been since then. And, and, and so like you, th- those, are for any, uh, sort of audience members who really want to check out, uh, those, uh, early interesting dubstep works, uh, they are still on your SoundCloud. Yeah, uh, they're, they're, on SoundCloud. <laughs> they're, I, uh, they're a good laugh to I, listen to. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not good, but <laughs> I keep them up just to just to keep myself humble, just to show my roots and make sure I never forget where I came from. Absolutely. Um, and so that was, so that, that year you're talking about, so you you started watching the show in, what, 2012-ish? Um, it would have been during the uh, season one, season two hiatus. Yep. Um, so all of season one was out, and I watched that in a couple of days um, after having... Uh, jeez, I would have seen it on one of. Do you remember back at that time? Like, no. Uh, I can has cheeseburger was a big site, and it had all of its like kind of sub sites, and one of them was I can't remember the name of it, but it had like a sub site that was about ponies, 
and I was seeing that at the time um, come up in between the other things because that was the site I was using at the time to look at memes. Yep. Uh, which is a, 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 a much it's a it's it's a <laughs> not something that uh, I, I look at back at too fondly because like that's just such a I don't know like a like an early 2010s thing to be doing is looking at cat memes on Icon has cheeseburger. Um, but I saw these pony memes and I liked them and I was like, okay, well, there's got to be something to it. So I, I watched the show and, you know, I wasn't really expecting too much, but then I just watched it all in a couple of days. And from, from then on, I was kind of like, you know, that, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's, that's all she wrote, you know, like that was kind of it from then on. Um, did the, did, I, the, I, did the fandom I stuff, the I forgot that what the what? I forgot what the actual question was. I started rambling about I can test cheeseburger. And I lost track of what no, no, I was actually getting to. So the so you started watching in um, the mid season high the season hiatus between one and two, which is like twenty eleven. Um, did the did the music from the fandom immediately jump out at you, or um, like you know did you did you start to 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 get more to to see more of that as you got more involved with the fandom? Yeah, I think it wasn't initial. Like it wasn't immediate. Like what I saw immediately was like the image macro memes and uh, what I saw a lot of back in those days was the um, the audio from movie trailers recut with the pony like uh, videos. Um, that was what I was seeing a lot of. And then slowly I started getting into more of like the, I don't want to say actual fandom because all of that stuff is fandom, but like, you know, more into actually being involved with the fandom, which is when you start seeing all the music and that kind of stuff as well. Yeah, sweet. And what were your so let's let's jump to sort of when you first started making um your more rocky poppy non EDM uh st stuff uh -huh, in yeah. in uh early 2013. Um mm -hmm. so what what were your influences from both inside the fandom and outside the fandom at that time? Um sort of from a musical perspective. You're really going to test my memory here because mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think of who was around back then because it all kind of, you know, when I look back, it's like over ten years now. It's kind of all been a blur. Um, but I think at the time, I think I think Prince would have been doing stuff then. Um, I know that uh, there were some Jeff Burgess albums out at the time that um, I was quite into, um, and uh, he he was one that I was seeing pop in some of the Reddit sub communities that I was in. So I kind of was seeing him through that more so than being actually part of the music community at that point in time. Um, and then beyond that, I think it was more that I was just having like the influences were probably more um, from like the music I was listening to outside of ponies. And then, you know, as time has progressed, I've, I've kind of been incorporating more of the influence from within the, 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 the fandom music scene, but I kind of feel like until I started making music that I thought was good, that I wasn't really kind of part of any uh, of of the kind of uh, I guess I wasn't like looking to be part of any of those um, uh, musical sub communities. Yep. And it was when I started getting involved with them that's when I started um, kind of I guess broadening my. Uh, my horizons in terms of influence from within the fandom. Yeah, sweet. And so the first um, 
track you released in in what has now become your your sort of signature rocky style is is smile damn it uh released mm-hmm. in january 1st 2013 so you, you'd gone through the trying to make dubstep phase what mm-hmm. what what really prompted that shift um and what what inspired inspired smile damn it um i think at the time i didn't really see it as like me like I didn't, I didn't make that song intending to be like, oh, I'm changing direction and this is my new thing. I was just like, kind of made it on a whim, you know, like, uh, just it was just a thing to do. And I think because it ended up turning out so much better than the stuff that I had been making, that's when I was like, afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, actually, this is probably what I should be doing. Um, in terms of musical influences on that, uh, uh, Blink was a pretty big influence. I mean, it's right there in in the title. Yeah. Uh, um, I think a lot of like the kind of old school um, punk stuff, like Ramones and the Dead Kennedys rule, things I was kind of had been part of my songwriting influence up until then. So it was kind of hard to get away from that. And you kind of get that in that kind of uh, surfy style riffing that is going on um, in between the the vocals. Yeah. And and, and and for a first (laughs) track as well, it's, it's, it's pretty tight um like had had you so you'd been in a band right but but mm-hmm. before but had you actually released any music or done any sort of mixing and mastering because it, it's not just i recorded myself playing guitar on my uh crappy phone speaker like it's it's a it's a reasonably decent production yeah i mean it's uh, it, i think it holds up like it's yeah I think that what I'm doing now is better, but like when I when I listen back to it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's actually pretty good for like how long ago that was. Um, but yeah, at the time, I had been using Pro Tools for uh, probably about five years, um, and I'm trying to think if I was still using Pro Tools, and I think I probably would have changed to, I, I would have made the the switch to Ableton when I was trying to make more electronic music, mm. um, and I would have probably just stuck with it because it's like Ableton is able to uh, record live stuff as well. So I would have just kept using that at the time. Um, but yeah, like the, the bands I had been in, we'd all, all of them had uh, done at least one or two like EPs or singles or something like that, which we'd self-produced. Um, yeah, sweet. So doing that kind of stuff for a little bit. Cool. Well, let's play Smile, Damn It from released on January 1st of 2013. New Year's, New Year's track. Um, was it really? Yeah, yeah. New Year, New Year, New Sound, New Me. Uh, <laughs> Heck yeah. All right, let's give this one a spin.
Yeah, that definitely still holds up. Holy moly. Yeah, uh, the, the thing about that one that I think is interesting is that it holds up a lot better than songs that I produced after it. I think, like, when I look back, like, that song I think still holds up, but then, like, there's about, like, maybe a year or so after that that it's, like, I still don't mind the songs, but, like, listening to the way I produced them, like, I just don't like listening to them anymore. But for some reason, that very first one still is okay. And I, I'm not sure what I what I, what I forgot how to do between that and the next couple of songs. <laughs> but I lost track of things for a little while before I pulled it pulled it back again. Yeah, right. Interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm frankly not a particularly good judge of sort of the more technical things in um, more, more acoustic and, and rock production. So I, I didn't pick up on that, but that's interesting to hear. Um, and, and in that... 2013 um and 2014 period you sort of you, you did release like a, a fair few songs um uh and you yeah. also started to get more involved with the, the the fandom and sort of you know make friends and and start doing that what what, what do you feel like that period represents for for you like in your discography um i guess like in terms of if it had to represent something it would be I guess growth. Like I don't really know like what else to call it. Cause like, uh, I kind of feel like I was hitting my stride around about 2015 and like from like that kind of, I mean, small damn, it was kind of a, an anomaly, but like from everything beyond that up until that point, I was just kind of like still really learning. And like when I listen to my stuff back from that period, it's kind of like, okay, in this track i've i've oh now i've actually gotten a handle on this particular technique and the next album it's like okay now i've fixed up like this issue i'm having with the kick drum or whatever and like there there are like everything i think from that period i think for me has issues um some of them (laughs) worse than others but at, at the same time i think like um it's also like i'm i'm still quite proud of all the songwriting um, from from that period, uh, like I, I'm even I, I'm I'm looking to maybe redo one of those songs again, like release a 2022 version of one of those songs. Um, but yeah, and, and it was also like a, a a period where I I stopped being quite so uh, isolated because I started out very much in, in in a case of like I was kind of making this stuff very much in isolation. I was putting it out to I mean, you know, just kind of just just broadcasting out into the internet without really having you know anyone on the other side to actually be listening to it just yet. Um, but over that period, it was kind of where I started to like make a lot more friends and actually start making those making efforts to um, get in touch with other musicians and kind of either collaborate with them or just kind of like uh, discuss music and, and kind of share techniques and stuff like that. Um, so and- I think like that. That's and, a, like uh, musical growth and then also like kind of personal more social growth as well yeah and also um one of the the the, the quirks of that early uh those those early releases is that you weren't even francis vase back then um that was back as no. vase love um which is your first alias um yes what was the origin of that name and when exactly did that change kick around um so that was um the origin of that was it just it came out of a random name generator. Uh, 
it uh, it's it, it's a Czech last name. No, actually, I think it's a Czech first name, but it's a it's it's kind of like quite an obscure not 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 obscure um like outdated like it's not really in use anymore. Like uh, Václav would be a more modern take, or at least it'd be something you would hear nowadays. Where Václav was like uh, the older version of that. Um, I, I learned after I had started using it. <laughs> um, someone was like, hey, you know, this is like no one, that's not a name that anyone actually has anymore. It's, it makes you sound really old, um, which uh, is not the entire, like the, the reason I, mo- like the, the biggest reason that I stopped using that was that uh, just no one, not even really me could pronounce it. Like I would mm. kept, like it's, it's, I'll, I'll try and it's Vatseslav, um, and I probably <laughs> went a bit, a little bit too too close to an F on the end there. But like, uh, it, it's like a, it's like a Czech name, and and the thing with uh, letters from that kind of period is like, you know, like we have like silent letters, whereas Czech has like invisible letters. So like a C, you would pronounce that as like a T and an S. So <laughs> like there, there are things in there like no one would ever think to like pronounce. And so what I kind of decided was like most people were like pronouncing it Vaslav, and I was like, well, I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna give the people what they want, you know. Like I, from now on, I will be Vase, and I, you know, put a put a first name along with it to to make it, you know, <laughs> seem more like a person, you know. And uh, that 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 was kind of uh, I think that was I think and I think even the very first song I released under the Francis Vase alias would have been a Steven Universe cover, I think. And so I did this whole kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to do a, a new song. It's not Pony. It's like a, a different thing and it's a new name. And, and and it wasn't like my intention to be like, oh, I'm leaving Pony. Like that was yep. just like, I'm, I'm just going to do like a different thing with a new name and like, I'll, I'll keep using it. But like, I kind of wanted to like do this thing where there was at least a, a, something close to a clean break. Yeah. When I, when I changed. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, that's a that's a cool origin story. Random name generator. There we go. Um, one of the most iconic names in early Australian fandom, um, and it came out <laughs> of a random name generator. Um, and so in in that period, you connect more with the Australian fandom. You'd release your first mm-hmm. track on Ponies at Dawn in December of mm-hmm. twenty fourteen. Um, mm-hmm. What was the early Australian sort of music community like, um, and how did you feel uh, sort of joining in on what they were doing? Um, so for, for me, the early Australian community essentially was Ponies at Dawn. Cause that was kind of like, um, I guess that there was the, the Bronies, was it Brony AU? Yeah. The, the BAU. The forums. Um, the forums. Bro- Bronies Australia um, forums. Yeah. So th- there was that and there was like some music, uh, kind of, was a music section on there, but it was mostly like, it what didn't really feel like a community of musicians as such. It was more like just a place where musicians would post their stuff. And some of those people would say nice things. Some of those people would say not quite so nice things, but um, it wasn't like a place to go to have discussions about music with musicians. Um, And it was when Alex posted a link, you know, where Ponies at Dawn album coming up, um, you know, submissions. And I sent him a thing being like, hey, I want to do a thing for the album. And he was like, cool, join this Skype group. And I was like, okay, cool. And so that was kind of like uh, the the first big or the first sizable, I guess, uh, 
community of musicians that I was a part of and, and, you know, being that it was the early days of Ponies at Dawn, it was still mostly Australians at the time, or at least it was a much higher percentage of Australians than most communities would have been at the time. Um, and and I, I guess it was still a case of until people know you, they don't know you, you know? So, Absolutely. Um, like, I kind of came in and I was still mostly unknown and... Uh, I remember I, it would have been not long after that, um, cause the first con I performed at was the, um, Pony C- Con AU 2015. C- in February of 2015. Yeah. Yes. At, um, at the Gold Coast. And I, I remember at the time, uh, everyone was really nice, but, uh, Evdog came up to me at one point and Evdog is a lovely guy, but he is quite frank. And he came up to me and he said, have you been doing stuff for long? Have you been? I'm like, yeah, I've been doing stuff here and there, you know. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, because I've been talking to everyone. And everyone I've been talking to, I've been saying like, hey, have you heard of this this, this face love guy? And they've been like, no, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. But then like, I guess uh, from that point on, they, I guess, did, you know, like it, it's hard to, or I guess it's, I'm trying to trying to. I want to word this right. Um, I think it's hard for the people who are uh, able to go to cons to kind of conceptualize how much that can help them, um, and how much they've kind of been aided by that. Because I know that for me, like, it, it was hard for me to kind of get my foot in the door until I had gone to that first convention, I actually started meeting a few people. And from that point on, like, you know, we were, you know, acquaintances or or friends or whatever, but like we had that kind of uh, anchor point we could go back to like, Oh, I have met this person. Like they, they're a nice person um, that you just don't quite get. If you, it's like a, a purely online interaction. Yeah. A hundred percent. All, yeah. all of all of my best friends in the pony fandom are people that I've met in real life at conventions or otherwise. Like mm. there is something about that online connection, and also as well, I think you you really uh, you you capture people that don't necessarily engage with the fully online like music community by attending mm. and playing at cons, um, mm. because yeah. not not everyone is obsessively sitting watching their YouTube subscriptions waiting for the hot new. Francis Vase track or Rock Fox mixtape, mm-hmm. they are going to get introduced to you when you're playing live at, at conventions. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, I definitely ag- agree with that there. Um, yeah, how, so how was SeaPonyCon? How was, how was your performance? And, um, you know, did it, did it change? So obviously it changed sort of some things because you, you met a lot of new people. Um, did it change mm-hmm. the way you'd go on to produce your music as well? Because you were like, oh, convention, ooh, 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 I'm playing, I'm playing live now. <laughs> um. Uh, not not in the sense that like um, I didn't start writing songs differently with you know there being this something in the back of my mind being like oh if I have to perform this one day like I didn't like that that didn't really creep in but um, I guess it was from that point on like that's when I started doing a lot more collabs and so it, it changed the way I wrote music in that I was now writing music that I was like a lot of time I was still doing it solo, but like I was, I was writing a lot more stuff that I was trying to kind of bring other people on board with or, or kind of get on board with other people's uh, stuff that they were doing. Um, 
and and it was being able to go to those conventions and actually network with people and, and meet the people um that was kind of uh you know a a, a big kind of a help in in that direction yeah and and i think that that that's a good segue into our next the next song you've sent for me to to play um so friendship throughout the ages um it, it this so this track features the l train fritzy beat evdog cxdr i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right um it's oh, um that's Cherex destructor oh kirex destructor okay i've never seen it shortened like that there we go um ichigochi right. and enshin d which is basically a who's who of the australian fandom at that point so this this drops yeah, like, to pretty much like, everyone pretty bait is australian on that one yeah yeah and, and this drops like a two months after um you you did you did your performance at ponycon au in 2015 yeah um so so did you take all of these new connections and say to everyone hey i have an idea like let's do a gigantic collab um yeah uh i mean like not not immediately but like um pretty pretty soon after the con was when i would have started um kind of making those uh making those uh not calls but like you know sending messages out being like hey you want to be part of this thing um because you know when, when you've got what is that seven so six extra people to work with it can take quite a while to, to organize it so to have gotten it out two months after the con i probably would have been working on it like the, the week after the con ended <laughs> to have gotten it out in that time frame um and then like especially with this one because like uh one of the things about the original song is it has like all of these different segments mm-hmm. and I didn't want to just do like a cover that was the same all the way through. I wanted to kind of emulate that. And so, um, different parts of the song are actually different people that are in charge of that section of music. Um, so, uh, and, and at one point I was like, Hey, I, w- I want, I, I was talking to, uh, Cherix at the time. I said, uh, uh, can I get you to do, vocals and uh, the response i got back was like i'm gonna do it but only if you let me put banjo in my section <laughs> <laughs> and i was like you know what if if, if you want to do that and <laughs> you can make it work let's 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 have that happen because that sounds amazing um and the result is absolutely chaos max it's chaos um I, but in in yeah, an I, awesome way um if if you're struggling to follow along who's singing or do, doing what um in each of the sections i highly recommend taking a look at the youtube video because it's it's almost like a lyrics video for each of the what six or seven performers um uh and yeah um how 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 was that how was that track received uh once it dropped i mean it's i mean to this day it's still one of my like most viewed songs like it's probably like at the time it was definitely the the biggest response I'd ever gotten to a song. Um, and it was pretty, pretty wild at the time just cause I had been getting like low numbers mm-hmm. um, at the time and then like got all these people together and did this thing. And it was like actually starting to get like starting to get some views and like, you know, like not, not, well, I don't want to say none of us, but like most of us aren't in it for the views but it's still like when people are listening to something you've done and enjoying it like that feels good you know yeah absolutely and i I believe this is your first uh equestria daily feature as well so there's definitely probably a a a view bump from that um i i think my first equestria day equestria daily feature was 
I love this part. Nice. Okay. Um, and that was because Seth was a big Trixie nut, and I just kept making songs, and eventually I sent him one that had Trixie on the cover, and and that one got on. The good old um, Seth bait. Mm, yeah. Track. Uh, and <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that was the first. Okay. Um, well, I'll I. Maybe I stand corrected. We'll uh, I'll I'll have a look. I'll have a look while this is playing, and and I'll, I'll double check. Um, I love Alrighty. that. I, I love it. I love it when people fucking out research me, um, or out remember me. More likely. Um, all right, let's give yeah, friendship I'm... throughout the ages a spin. Um, so yeah, this is uh, friendship throughout the ages, featuring the L Train, Fritzy Beat, F Dog, Kirax Destructor, Ichigochi, and <sighs> Enshindi. There we go. Friendship throughout the ages. And uh, you were right. It is the Trixie song um, in early February of 2015. So I stand corrected. Well done. Oh, thank you. I, I mean, like, it's... I, I remember 
telling my dad about that. I was standing like in a in like a, a lumber yard. We were loading planks of wood onto uh, like a ute, and I was like, "Hey, dad." So my pony song got featured on this site called Equestria Daily. The thing you need to know about Equestria Daily is, <laughs> and like, <laughs> and, and that's like, I, 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 I it's, it's weird because like I have this like, like there are some things just like like stick out like really strong in your memory for some reason or other, and like for some reason, like telling my dad <laughs> about Equestria Daily and then trying to explain to him why that was such a big deal, like it's just. <laughs> in my head hey so. hey hey look dad my post doing numbers and the horses on the internet are saying nice things about it <laughs> yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> that is an, an amusing part of translating the fandom to to real life is just yeah having to explain things like that i very much agree um mm -hmm. and friendship yeah. throughout the ages like is a song that's rooted in the music of my little pony but also the sort of themes and uh, of the canon of the show, um, what mm -hmm. what did you find about Pony that you know meant you could you could write so much music about it? Um, hmm. I think that I think that Pony is like at, at the time, like what I was getting into. Like I'm, I'm talking like really early on, like you know the when I first started watching it. Like I was really into like a lot of dark anime. Um, so I was watching uh, Gantz and Elfin Laid and stuff like that, which was like really gory, really kind of these dark tones. Um, and what Horse kind of gave was like this counterpoint to that. And it was like this, it's okay for like stories to be um, nice and, and you can tell interesting stories about, you know, people getting along and having a good time. And I think it was like, I mean, like, I wasn't in, like, probably a, a great space mentally back then. Um, like, I was kind of failing uni, and I wasn't really getting out of the house very often. And so, like, I think having something like that, which was a kind of counterpoint, um, was a good thing to have. And I think, like, and I guess that's, like, what, what got me into it. But then, like, what kind of helped the songwriting is, like, it, it Pony has, like, all of these kind of foundational building blocks. And all of those are kind of really easy to then build stories on top of. Um, so what it, what it is, is, uh, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, <laughs> it's a, like a nerdy thing to say. It's a nucleation point. Like it's, it's the, I think, like, have you heard of the expression, the, the tyranny of the blank canvas? I haven't even heard of the word nucleation point, but I think I have heard of uh, <laughs> the idea of the tyranny of the blank canvas. Yeah. But yeah. Ta talk okay. us through it. Talk us through it. Yeah. So for people that don't know, it's kind of this idea that like when you have uh, everything available to you in terms of like options to create things, it's really hard to actually start. Um, you kind of get this choice paralysis. And if you've got everything to choose from, you end up choosing nothing. So having something to be like, here is a starting point and here's something that you can kind of put and it's like you know snowflakes like uh they don't just form like they happen when like you get a speck of dust and then like this ice kind of forms around it and i feel like pony is kind of like that for me like it's that point in the middle on top of which i can start building things that is that is such a fabulous explanation i have never heard it explained like that but it makes sense that's it's it's a really good analogy of of, of why fan f fan content, but specifically pony as well, works so well. 
That's a fuck. <laughs> and I think one of the other things too is it um it, it provides a way for you to tell stories that are like maybe personal, but like you can put like a layer of detachment in there. So like I think we'll get into this later, but like especially like the new album I'm writing now, like I'm writing a lot of like kind of personal shit, but like I, I I'm I'm putting my experiences in like through the lens of a, of a story of a horse. And it makes it a little bit easier to kind of be like, yeah, this is a story about like a thing that I'm experiencing, but it's not like about me. Like, don't, like you know, it's a, it's like, it's a way to kind of like, uh, have like this kind of, uh, I, I don't know, like a, a layer of separation or something like that. Like, it's like, a, it's a way to have, um, it's it's a way to uh, not be it's a way to not be Taylor Swift singing about her new ex every time she breaks up with a new person and that ex knowing exactly that. Yeah, she's yeah that's about probably you. a better way to put it. It's a way to uh, get out feelings without getting out the specifics. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. yeah, interesting. Okay, that's a that's a really cool answer. I'm I'm yeah, that's that fucking rules. And and as 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 well as sort of the the text of the show, you've. Um, you, you know, the, the, your, your style has, you know, stayed quite rocky, um, although you've been featured on, on many dance tracks as well, um, and, and been part of that, but sort of the, your, your tone is, is really quite variable. You've made, um, tracks, tracks like that, like Friendship Without the Ages, which are quite heartwarming, um, track, tracks like Entropy, which is, you, you know, really touches at the soul and 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 speaks to sort of the depth of emotions in pony and then we have our next track um and mckenzie asks on twitter oats Uh question mark um can you can you talk us through like sort of this this variability and 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 you know is is there a reason behind why why you've you've done that or is it just an emergent outcome of wanting to produce lots of music um yeah like i'm not i'm not necessarily trying to be um you know the person that does a little bit of everything it's just kind of like that i uh, i make stuff that i'm interested in and i am just interested in in quite a few things so um often what will happen is i'll just like hear something i like or i'll be kind of watching something and, and get an idea from that and i'll just be like okay this is a thing i'm doing now and i'm gonna like spend the next couple of weeks or months working on a thing um and, and quite often it like doesn't go anywhere i'm be like I, I'm, I'm doing a thing it's gonna be great and then like a week later it's like ah, i'm not doing that thing anymore <laughs> but like when it when it does happen it's kind of like um it's just it's i think a result of like having a, a, a kind of fairly a wide range of influences yeah sweet and that does bring us to oats, um, yes. which is a, just if if you ever have the chance to see Francis belt out oats live, especially in person, um, holy fucking shit, do it. Uh, go, go and see it. Sell your left testicle to get there because it is a hell of a ride. Um, so it's really this is released in December of of 2015. So it's about you know eight eight months after the the last track you showed us. Tell me about oats. What's going on with oats? Um, so, I, I, I find oats hard to talk about um, out, like outside of the context of the album that it's in, mm-hmm. um, because uh, Pastel Hue was this album where I really wanted to 
look at all of the um, background ponies and, and kind of tell the stories of those uh, characters in the background. And I think like the probably the most direct one of those would be Buried, which is like almost directly just a song about being in the background and kind of wanting to be noticed but like no matter what you do like it's it's very hard to be noticed um and <laughs> what i was doing at the time was um a, a, not all of them but a lot of those stories kind of came from the infamous episode 100 um which <laughs> like uh the obviously uh, oats is inspired by that um the um the song at the end fireworks is is from that like it's it's to do with uh doctor who's and his uh unexploded fireworks um and 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 when i was kind of looking through and like looking for stories to expand upon from that episode like just <laughs> one of the things that i thought would be just really really funny would be if like so <laughs> So Bon Bon's had this, like, secret identity. It's this, like, massive betrayal, like, if you think about it, in terms of the trust. Like, they've been living together for who knows how long, and this person has been someone else the entire time. And so, like, at the end, when she's forgiven for this, like, massive betrayal, that I, I, I think it's a massive betrayal, and then she's, like... <laughs> so she gets forgiven and then gets told, oh, and by the way, I ate your oats. If she was, like... What the fuck? How dare you? <laughs> like, just this complete overreaction to <laughs> to this really minor incident, um, and and that's and that's you know the I I think even like what happened was uh, I I I thought of that I thought of this scenario where it's like oh wouldn't it be funny if like she just completely overreacted, and I wrote this chorus as like a joke just to post it twitter it was just like oh you fucking bitch you hate my oats and just like repeat that four times and that's your chorus and i posted it to twitter and i was like no you should do this and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do this i'm gonna write this out i'm gonna write this song and 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 the rest is history i guess like that's it's been like if people know me for a song it's this one yeah absolutely um yeah this yeah, it, it, this song just fucking rules. <laughs> All right, let's give Oats a spin. Um, and uh, language warning on this one. Um, there is lots of swearing, uh, but also we've been swearing through this whole episode. So like, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tag this whole episode as explicit. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I think I was trying to not swear to begin with, but I've oh. been slowly <laughs> losing the ability. <laughs> I, I, Kiddly winks, don't swear. Yep. Anyway, here's language warning. <laughs>
And if you're going to be known for one track, holy fuck, what a track to be known for. <laughs> um, yeah. But, and that, that isn't the only version of that track that exists, though. There is a, a clean version. Um, that yeah, there, been... there are two clean versions of that. Oh, was, was one the Ponies at Dawn one? Yeah, so one's the Ponies at Dawn one, um, which is... I mean, I'll, I'll start this out. Um, to begin with, um, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to give... Uh, my grandmother like a physical copy of the CD for Christmas. I thought that was a really nice thing to do, but you know she's not huge on the swear words, so I did an edited version. So there's there's one CD out there. There's one physical copy that exists that has no Fs at all, um, and I made it just for my grandma so she could listen to it. And so it's just I just like I just cut them out. I'm just like uh, it, it's just like silence, and then don't eat my oats, and then silence, and then don't eat my oats. <laughs> Um, I mean, not not fully silent. Like there's music, but the 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 the, the vocals are silent. Um, and then from there, uh, uh, when I was like playing it at cons, like a few cons would be like, "Hey, we want you to play, but like we've heard that song. Like, don't play that song." I'm like, "Well, can I just play a version of that song?" Um, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, don't don't swear. It's fine. Uh, you can play it." Um, and so I did a version where I just kind of PG'd it up. I did like the kind of, um, you uh, hacking the, Grinch, uh, don't steal my oats. Yeah. Uh, you gosh darn hacking Grinch. These, I've had it with these something, something snakes on this Monday to Friday plane, like <laughs> that, that kind of thing. Um, and so I was doing that live, but it didn't exist in a recorded version. And then... Alex came to me and said, hey, we want to put this song on uh, one of our compilation Ponies at Dawn albums. Um, we don't want all the Fs. Can you record a new version that has the Fs taken out? And at the time, I was like, well, we're kind of out of luck because that is a, it was an old, old computer. Oh, I tell you what, though, I have this version I recorded from my grandma that's got these spaces in it. <laughs> I can just sing a few, like... <laughs> extra words in there and, and then you can get like something close to the the con version that i that i do live 
Um, and so if you listen to the Ponies at Dawn album, or at least when I listen to it, I think it's really obvious there's like, there's, there's, uh, there's a person like four years in the future singing in amongst <laughs> me from way back when um, in, in the chorus <laughs> in that song. And that is a very neat little bit of trivia. Um, <laughs> one of one of my favorite Francis memories is just some of the um, the the sort of old school Australian music bronies just sort of standing at the back of their at the back of the room at, at, at Alicon as you sing this song and 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 sense yourself and just like mm. some people standing at the back of the room, the room with their with their arms crossed and just shaking their heads and going. <laughs> we want we want we want swear word version um <laughs> yeah well i what what i what I, I mean potentially it was in hindsight might have just been a mistake to have censored myself for the cons or, or not a mistake to censor myself but a, a mistake to replace those censored versions because what i found later is i was doing um uh i was doing my favorite thing about horses live and that's got some swears in it. But, like, if I just don't sing them, yeah. then the audience will. And the ki- the con can't kick me out for what the audience is saying. <laughs> so if I just leave those spaces and people are aware of the songs, they will fill the spaces for me. And, and we'll get something close to the original version. <laughs> it's absolutely ingenious. And that, that, is a, that is a trick for young players, everyone. Just mm. that, if, you le- if you leave this interview learning anything, it's that little trick. Um, Cons hate him. Get around the restrictions with this one simple trick. (laughs) 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 Um, Yes, sweet. Um, And so after sort of that, that was early, no, that was late 2015, um, Hmm. you know, through 20, basically the, the whole second half of the decade, you you continue to to release sort of concept album um, and and Mm. singles and, and feature on, lots of different works and have lots of other people feature on your works collaboration has especially in this this second half of your discography been been a really really big marker of a lot of the works you produced do you have a a favorite artist to collaborate with um and you know you know what's been sort of your approach to collaboration and and how's it worked out for you um i probably i i i won't say who my favorite to work with is because i feel like there are so many that like i i would be just just we we, we wouldn't have enough time and i'd be doing it's very political someone a disservice by <laughs> leaving them out but i could maybe talk about some of my favorite projects i've been involved with mm-hmm. um i think the still one of my favorites is um the wanting knowing ep like that was a work that i am still super 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 proud of um and that was um me and Cherix at the time um and it's kind of continued on with that and and uh engine d's kind of come into the fold like there was one song that i did with him that was kind of in the same uh universe i i just i can't stop writing songs in that storyline like i i I made this (laughs) we made this ep and it felt like it was done and then i've just been like every now and then i'll be like i'll be right i won't even be trying to i'll be writing a song and i'll be like oh god damn it this is like a continuation isn't it like okay i guess i'm doing another one wanting knowing song um even up to the point where i just released a song called eternal and i was having this kind of like a- internal struggle because like it, the song itself could have very easily have been called 
still waiting part two. Um, and it would have been like m- many years on, I would have been like still continuing the storyline. Um, and I-, I ended up not doing that um, partially because it's going on an album that already has two part twos on it. And I didn't really want to have a third part two on this album. Um, also because it's just been so long and I, I feel like I should be putting it to rest. I shouldn't be adding on to it anymore. Um, but then also partially because like the song itself is, uh, not specific. It's, um, it, it's about like an eternal twilight dealing with loss, but it's, there's nothing specific about that loss. So it could, it could be the, the loss of a lover or it could just be the loss of her friends because, you know, she's so old now. Um, so I think uh, I was purposeful in making that ambiguous and making it so it could be applied to either situation. I think because of that, I didn't feel quite right to, um, uh, make it an official continuation. Although I think that, uh, that, that as a reading of it is still quite valid. Yeah. The people, the um, people that can draw that bow will, will probably find that, that interpretation. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I think we'll come to fading and sort of the rest of your discography uh the, like the future of your discography um in a bit including probably talking about more about eternal and i've just had a peek at the track list oats part two yeah Ooh. oats part two I, I i i was actually pretty close to sending you that one as like the preview track but uh, it's not ready yet it's 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 not quite ready yet that's that's okay and and i think oh too many oats for one day oh whoa. <laughs> You can't you can't follow oats with oats. That's no too no much. no, way <laughs> too much too much. Um yeah, and so you've just sort of really you've really just chugged along um the, the past six years. There's there's been no points where um sort of your your outputs dropped off for um you know um, like a, a long time. Well okay like at least it. it, it compared to I, I i guess my point of reference is that you know that there are artists that i've talked to on this show who have dropped off for like three or four years and then come back mm-hmm. um like you, you know it's it's not the most consistent but it, it it has sort of kept chugging along um what's yeah. what's kept you coming back um, um all these years well i'm not even sure if there is a thing that's kept me coming back like it's just that um or, or I guess I, it doesn't feel like to me that I am coming back. It's that um, when I have these kind of periods where I'm not doing too much, it's just because like I've had so much going on and like other stuff in my life. I've wanted to do stuff, but I just have found it impossible to find the time to keep doing stuff. Um, so like I was doing uni for a bit, and I, and I I was I was mostly able to keep up um, output during that. Like uni for me was fifteen to seventeen. Um, and then I had a period of about a year where I just wasn't working. I was like looking for work, but like I wasn't finding much. And so I think that was quite a productive period. But then I found this full-time job. And then, I mean, fr- from my perspective, it really felt like from that point up until a couple of months ago, um, I was really low output for that period. Um, because like just this, I had this job and it was, as far as jobs go, it was a good job, but it wasn't the... Uh, career direction I wanted to go in. So I was doing this job, but I was also putting a lot of work outside of that into building a portfolio um, and and kind of making steps in uh, eventually going in the direction I did actually want to spend, uh, you know, maybe potentially <laughs> the rest of my life doing. Um, and, and it 
with all of that stuff going on, it was, it, I, I was finding it super hard to find time for, I mean, pretty much anything that I would consider a hobby, like uh, anything that I wanted to do outside of working and portfolio building, I, I just was really struggling to find time for in that period. Yeah. Yeah. And look, let's, let's touch on that portfolio. I'm assuming you're talking about your game production, right? Yes. yes yeah. Um, let, let, let's touch on that because you really are a Renaissance horse. Um, uh-huh. A lot of your um, games sort of have echoes of, of Pony, um, mm-hmm. I- even if it's not explicit. Um, what, what's it, what's it been like sort of making those and, and has, have people responded to those in sort of the same, uh, not, not sort of the same way, but like, yeah, what, what's been the difference between sort of making games with Echoes of Pony compared to like tracks with Echoes of Pony? Um, the, there is, um, a smaller percentage of people that are looking to try out pony games um it's this thing i think about in terms of like when i was just doing music i would think about this a fair bit was like it seemed like the visual artists were getting a lot more like recognition than the musicians were and at the time i kind of put it down to like it takes a couple of seconds to appreciate a picture like you can look at a picture and be like yeah that's a good horse and kind of carry on with your day whereas like a song will take you three to five minutes to actually listen to and so it's just that like in terms of getting people's attention and keeping it it's much harder to do that for an extended period of time and then games is like that amplified again like you're talking about the difference between three to five minutes to like half an hour and and they've also got to like download the exe onto their computer and they've got to unzip it from a zip file that you know windows is going to tell them do you trust this i don't know if they do or not like maybe maybe i wouldn't trust me if i was downloading zips from the internet um so i think it's a case of like it's it's much higher you're you're asking a lot more of the people um that are potentially going to be viewing your works um to to get buy-in on like playing video games yeah absolutely Um, and yeah i think you were you were demoing uh i think it was either pink marmalade or outgun at alicon um um, it would have been, I, I would have had released Pink Marmalade and I would have been demoing Pink Marmalade 2. Ah, okay. Um, well, that's, yeah. what, that's what I wanted to show people, but everyone kept playing Pink Marmalade 1 because it was done and it had a leaderboard. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Marmalade 2 at the time was just like individual levels and there was no competition. But what I found was like people would play through Marmalade 2 once. And then they'd be like, hey, can I play Marmalade 1 again? And then they would be trying to beat each other's high scores from then on. <laughs> so, like... It's community. It's community. In, 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 so, in almost every aspect of this fandom, the things mm. that do well are the things that p- promote community and interaction between people mm. because I, I, I think it's, it's because people fucking love their friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> and so, so, there's something about friendship. I can't can't quite remember off the top of my head, but there's something about about friendship that people say. Uh, friendship is uh, real good stuff. That's 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 what they say. It's the good shit. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like from from that moment at that con, like I have not made a uh, a big game that I haven't put a leaderboard in, just because of that experience and seeing how much more engaged people were when they had that kind of uh uh engagement no like that kind of 
um, reason to keep playing. Yeah, yeah. It's clever. It's very clever. Um, uh, yeah, I. It's yeah, it's a good decision. Um, and yeah, so you you did say earlier that in the past, you know, three or four months, you've sort of really amped up your output, and you do have um, an album coming out soon. So just uh, putting that album to one side, because we'll, we'll just talk about it in the, that in a sec. Um, but what 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 is next for sort of Francis Vase? Do you have any sort of big plans for the alias? beyond releasing this album um or is it just a you know just keep chugging along sort of thing um i don't know i mean like i think it's gonna somewhat hinge on what the reception to this album is I mean, i'm not gonna like stop doing pony music that's like not a thing that i'm planning on doing but it's like how much effort am i gonna put into that versus like the other projects i'm doing is is maybe the the, the what i'm uh kind of weighing up at the moment and then also I've got like, it's, it's, it's early days, but I have on the horizon, a potential like IRL band that might be starting up soon. Okay. Um, and it's possible that, you know, if that, if that does go ahead and starts rolling, it might be that I focus or I shift focus from the Francis face alias to whatever the alias of this band will be. And then what you'd see would be the songs I would be releasing under Francis face. I'll, I'll take to that band and, um, it might be released under that alias name instead of my own. Um, and and it, I mean, to be honest, I'll, I'll still release under Francis face. Cause like I will probably be making more music than I will have room for in the band. So it'll probably be like a, a some somewhat parallel projects um, when that's rolling. Um, but like, like I said, it's, it's still early days. So I, I can't make any guarantees on that front. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a vibe. A vi, a vi. It's, it's interesting to know the vibe of that direction. Can can you can you speak to sort of what you mean by when you said sort of how this album is received sort of is going to dictate your future? Is, is there something about um, sort of the the, oh. the state the state that you're in and the state the Phantoms in that you're just like? Mm. It's 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 not so much um, whether like I, I'm not I'm not making this like kind of you know how alive is the fandom calculus? Like, cause I don't think that's like really, uh, I mean, I think the people that are still making music for the fandom now, like they're not doing it for the numbers. Like people are doing it because they're passionate about the, the fandom and the kind of works contained within. Um, so it's not like, Oh, I, I I'm going to release an album. that's going to do bad. And I'm going to be like, Oh, the fandom's dead. I'm out of here. Like that's, that's not what I'm, uh, thinking about like it's it's more that like this new album is actually uh, a bit of a shift for me stylistically um and it's whether i continue down that path of that style um if people if people are like this is shit go back to the scar then i'll be like okay well maybe i'll make the scar again oh okay um, yeah that's uh, and, uh, that's a, that's yeah perfectly logical explanation yeah mm. um cool well so you've sent um an early copy of one of the tracks um so this album is tentatively coming out uh in february is that is that yeah, still on 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 the tuesday second of the second 22 so we, we actually um, we actually have a, a, a locked in date no <laughs> no, <that's... laughs> no i just I, I put that date in because i it was a lot of twos and it it it, it uh pleased me aesthetically um but uh, I think I say this on the Bandcamp somewhere. It's like that's that's what I'm aiming for. 
it, it might happen sooner, it might happen later. At the moment, I think it's going to be later because I've spoken to one of the collaborators recently and they've told me they're actually quite sick and they're not able to do vocals right now. Um, and I'm kind of, you know, in that stage where it's like, okay, well, how long are you going to be? Because if it's like weeks, then maybe I'll wait. If it's months, maybe I'll put out like that as a single later on rather than including it in the album. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know, but like early Feb is where I was aiming for. Yeah, sweet. And and it is, it is a significant body of work. The, the track list with some redactions is up on Bandcamp and available for pre-order at the moment. Um, so is this, is this a concept album about Twilight? No. No. Um, okay. No, the, um, the, I mean, <sighs> The, the 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 first song, um, well not the first song, the the For current pre-order song, um, is about Twilight. Okay. Um, the this the the album for me is um more about like vibes than any particular character. Um, so one of the things that happened in my like what I consider a hiatus in that three years is like, um, the 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 scar band that i used to play with has been you know not a thing for a while now and i still like scar but it's not like i don't listen to it all that often like and i've kind of like my taste has shifted a little bit um and i've been getting into a lot more like kind of math rock and emo and uh, i've been particularly like, i didn't realize this for quite a while but um i've been liking the this fancy new thing the kids are doing called midwest emo ah um, and it was something that I, I was liking for quite a while. And it wasn't until someone actually put a label to it. I was able to say, like, oh, that's what I like. Uh, because up until then, I was like, there's this kind of, like, thing that some bands in the modern pop punk section are doing that's kind of, like, a bit math rock inspired and a little bit, like, um, very, like, DIY aesthetic. And, uh, and, it's, and it's really cool. But, like, I didn't actually have a, a label. And someone was like, hey, I think you're talking about Midwest Emo. And I was like, uh, yes. Yes, I am. And then I had, like, this kind of, as soon as I had the label, I was able to find a lot more bands I liked um, in, in that style. Um, and for me, this album is, is I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not making a Midwest emo album. I, I'm trying to make an album flavored by Midwest emo. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it, uh, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not going to be fully there, but it's kind of like somewhere between my style and, and these other bands I've been listening to. And, over the past couple of years and that is a fascinating pitch for an album um so if you're listening go to francisvase.bandcamp.com slash album slash fading or just search bandcamp um and you can pre-order it right now and we have the first play of one of the tracks on the album which is a remix of uh background part two by koa um shall we give this one a spin yes please Uh-uh, but it's so depressing, it's so messy 
And does does Koa's voice perfectly fit that style of music or what? Wow. Yeah. Um. I, I remember, like, I mean, to to be honest, like that song is. Remember, I I I mentioned earlier that like sometimes I'll get like an idea from something and like that's kind of what. Uh, I'll be like, okay, now I'm making this thing, um, and, and it kind of just grows from there. Um, that that song was that for this album. Um, I was in uh, a call. Um, Co was doing like a sync listen, like a kind of before it was released, um, kind of sync listen in her Discord. Um, and that song came on. I was like, I think I think I I think this. Uh, vocal would be i think i could do something interesting with this vocal and i sent her a thing being like hey can you send me this vocal and um and she was like yeah i'll, I'll send you this vocal um but you know it's uh i'm kind of busy right now I'll, I'll i'll you know i'll when i get a chance i'll send it to you and i was like okay cool 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 um but i had this like i already had that like motivation <laughs> and i was like no i can't i can't wait for this vocal so i started like doing other stuff and i i did um uh a similar kind of cover. I, I did the cover of My World of Make Believe um, by Jade Kelly. Um, it, uh, kind of while I was waiting, but then even that I finished before um, like Cole, Cole was done with the stuff she was doing at the time. And I just started working on other stuff and, and it just kind of kept growing and growing. And, and at one point, at some point I was like, okay, this is going to be an EP, I guess. Like I'm, I'm making an EP of this. And then, and then like I had all these kind of collaborators and, and the same kind of thing happened. Like, you know, I'd sent the, the, the instrumentals out to people and i was like hey can you write some stuff to put onto this because um, at the time i was thinking it was going to be entirely a thing where it was like me doing the instrumental and other people doing the vocals and then you know to write vocals so <laughs> i kind of had this this period where I, I was i had like no work left to do or, or no work that i could do to move the project forward and all i could do was wait and i was like okay well if i have this time anyway like why don't I just like write a bunch of songs and I'll do the vocals for those ones and I can be working on that while I'm waiting on others to come back. So it just kind of kept growing and growing and growing. But like that original vocal was, you know, I'm, I was listening to like her version of it and I was like, ah, okay, I, I want to do a thing with this. Yeah, fuck. And yeah, wow. Between that and Eternal, I am very excited for this album. Um, yeah, hope cr cross fingers for this February too, but maybe not yeah <laughs> well, well we'll 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 see like yeah yeah um i've got um yeah there's, there's a few things that kind of will need to happen for for that release date to be hit and i'm not or i'm i'm less sure of them happening than i was when i initially put the pre-order out um but hopefully sometime around then well you know the best thing about pre-orders they come out eventually um <laughs> well <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> oh, duh, duh. jink no jinx no jinx no jinx no jinx yeah. no jinx uh touch wood touch wood i got my wooden desk here um mm -hmm. i'm touching it touch wood um <laughs> cool so looking back on your time in the fandom um mm -hmm. do you have a proudest accomplishment oh geez um i i mean to be honest i kind of touched on this earlier um for, for me and this is kind of like a not not like self, but it's a bit, a bit a bit of an ego thing, perhaps. But like no, fucking um, ego things are good. We love ego things on this show. <laughs> um, yeah, like the I, I I kind of brought it up earlier, but when I was at um, I was at which one was it was in America. Um, so it would have been um, 
Spider Fest 18 or 19? No, 19 wouldn't have been it because that was when the Rona was happening. It was like the last Spider Fest before the Rona hit. Um, oh, that'd be 19. Rona was 20. Is that 19? Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was 19. Uh, I'm like I'm I'm just doubting myself now. Anyway, I really hope it was that. It was one. it if, was a side effect in America. If it was another con, I'm sorry that I'm attributing to the wrong con. Please have me back when the Rona is gone. Um, but yeah, I was I was playing, and um, I did um, uh, my favorite thing about horses. And when I left those gaps for the audience to fill, that they did fill them was like, uh, it, it felt so special to me that like i had done something and people were engaged with enough that they were actively participating and they knew like this thing i had done um and and there there's there was something there's something about that feeling of like being in that moment where people are like actively engaging and and kind of feeding you back that same energy that, that you're putting out that's it's it's really hard to beat like that is an awesome experience that is that is such a cool memory oh that that rules i love that i love that um and also so um another another sort of related question where do you think you'd be as as a person and and as a musician without your time in the horse fandom holy moly that is (sighs) i i think about something tangential to that a lot and it's not so much that I think about what I would have done otherwise, but I just think about how much of my life, uh, how big a part of my life, like the whole fandom and the show has been. And I think about it, it's like, I'm like, I'm just uh, a bit over 30 at the moment. And a horse has been part of my life for like a, a third of that. And I, I almost can't remember what it was like beforehand. Like I don't <laughs> remember what it was like to not have this community and not have, um like all these friends and stuff um and so i i don't know i find it i find it really hard to imagine what it would be like without it because i can't even remember what it was like before it it's i i I have no idea i'm i might be like like (laughs) my my initial plan at uni was to go and just like do science do a science degree become a science person get a, like a get a get a, a a responsible adult job and that didn't quite happen but like i don't know i've ended up in like a much more creative field and it's entirely possible that wouldn't have happened it might i might have been that i would have just kept pushing towards a more sensible businessy kind of job and I would have been like doing some sort of nine to five. I mean, I'm 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 currently doing a nine to five, but like I I, I think you know I mean like some sort of like yeah absolutely very like standard kind of office job. Yeah, um, yeah. I would have. Uh, I don't know if I'd still be doing music. Um, I I want to believe that I would be. Um, but at the same time, like a horse has been like such a huge inspiration and such a big driving factor behind it that if even if I was still doing doing music, I probably wouldn't be doing it um as much or at the same level as I currently am. Like I probably would have been doing it more as like a like a much more of a background hobby, 
I think, than than, than what I currently am. Yeah, sweet. And yeah, that I that that comment of can't even remember a time before horse that really resonates with me because looking back, I completely agree with that sentiment. And I think for so many people that would be listening to this and and so many people in the wider fandom that I think that statement would hold very true, especially if you've been here for you know five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah just whole, wholeheartedly agree and thank you so much for sharing that with us um i've got a couple of questions left so firstly one of the final questions that i want to ask um and that i ask every uh-huh. guest on the show is um that uh who would you like to hear interviewed on this podcast um because you think they'd have a good story to tell and because you were suggested by ichigochi um mm-hmm. uh so yeah who do, who do you who, who do you want to hear interviewed um I mean, I'm sure someone's asked this already, but like, you have to get. Have you had Alex on uh, EBT? No, I, I'm, I'm trying to organize uh, an Alex episode and a Ponies at Dawn episode, but um, we're gonna get there at some point. Yeah, I think that he would be a good one to talk to. I think that um, uh, Quicksilver would be a, a good one to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much he's doing these days, um, but uh, I think that he uh, he he does um, a lot of what I was trying to do, but better. Yeah, right. <laughs> he like in terms of like, I think I think we were talking about like um, influences before, and I kind of talked about my early influences, um, but he he's someone that um, was is influence the right word? I'm not sure. Like he was a, a, definitely a massive motivator for me. Um, uh, in that kind of mid fandom period where like I was trying to do like cool ska punk stuff and he was doing really cool ska punk stuff. And it was like, Oh, oh, oh holy sh- shit. This guy is good. I need to like step up my game. <laughs> yeah. Right. I have, I have never heard of Quicksilver before. So, um, have, haven't you? No. Quicksilver is the other half of um, Lunatics. Oh. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't even know there was two halves of Lunatics. There we go. Cool. Um, yeah. So Lun- Lunatics is me and uh, Quicksilver. Who is his handle is often IDK Quicksilver, um, and he does m- most of the music in Lunatics. Like most of the instrumentals is is done by him, and I'm doing the vocals for the most part. Yeah, um, right. We did have like a period where we had like the band expanded and and uh, Jeff was in it, and Ichigochi was in it for a little bit um, as kind of like extra vocalist members. Um, but kind of before that, and then after that, it's it was it was me and Quicksilver. Um, and and every now, like I think we've done once. That's oh, hmm, I'm trying to think now. I think we have one song where it's just me and him, but the roles are reversed. And for that one we released it as Tunalex instead. <laughs> um, there are there are other songs when there was a few more vocalists where I did the vocals and I think it was... Sorry, when well, I did the instrumental. And I think that would have been The Rock, which was mostly my instrumental and Jeff on vocals. Um, but, but, but for the most part, um, Quicksilver was doing the instrumental for that. And, and he is a incredibly talented and very technical player. 
um, I think he would have some stories that would be worth hearing. All right. Well, there we go. I learned something new today. Um, I hope you, the listener, learned something new as well. Um, so thank you so much for your time, Francis. Um, if you want people to keep in touch with um, sort of all of your projects and, 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 and your music as well as your games and everything, where, where should people find you on all of the good old socials? Um, I mean, for, the, for most things, I'm at Francis Vase. Um, I, I just made a, a new Twitter for the game I'm currently working on. So you can follow at Trash Planet Game. Uh, it's got like two posts I think right now because it's still, I made it yesterday. Um, but yeah, like for the most part, if there's a social out there, if I'm, if I'm on it, I'll be at Francis Face. Sweet. Um, and you can find uh, this podcast uh, on, on my socials. Um, so I'm at RockFoxDJ on basically everything. Um, if you're listening to the audio, there is a video version. Um, it doesn't really change much, but it's on YouTube if you if you prefer to watch on YouTube. If you're listening on YouTube and you want an audio version, we're on Spotify and on the podcast aggregators. Um, and I think I'll leave everyone with uh, my, my all-time favorite track on Ponies at Dawn um, and easily one of my top five tracks in the fandom all up. Um, this is Celestial Berserkers featuring Ivy Concept by Jikrell and Francis Vase. Francis, thank you so much for your time this episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a, um, it's been a blast um, just chatting with you. Fuck yeah. Oh, and we, we have to see each other again sometime soon. It's... Yes. Fuck yes. Corona. Fuck Corona. Oh, fuck it all. Uh, I, I cannot wait till the cons come back. I am stinging for some cons. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, we just booked all, the the entirety of Bronies Australia just booked to go to Furry Down Under. Um, so, oh, yeah. yeah, it's con season in Australia again, baby. Yeah. For the furries. Nice. Um, well, well. Yeah, yeah, well, for the furries. Um, all right, let's let this one play out. Um, thanks, everyone, and good night. No star, brighter than one, praise the sun We bask in the light, smash of a light Fast as the night, then gone in a flash Then on to the next perplexed foe Following close the text scrolls It may be extreme, but we break the scene Better not go wrong with testing me It's best you see, things are way Lest you be against the day We've insulted every of the empire We've been raped until we die to the sun goddess We will fight with all our and we will conquer all the birds in The light is pure that governs us all for sheep and riders You will bow and you'll be punished and he'll be fallen And the sun we all pray, and the sun we all pray, and the sun we all pray
aggressive class of fascists Taking action, making traction Anticipate and plan invasion Ran from the nation, where do they go? Acting evasive, we standing strong in a battle formation Pedal to the metal, better settle vendettas Never take your eyes off the enemy, divide the lines Lives on the line, look past the lies And it's asinine to call for the ones you left behind That state of mind will get you killed Days go by in soldier time They mold your mind and use soldier time A bolder mind, celestial berserker Never to feel so nervous we reserve to every fall.